1: Let it be known from Haverhill to Hanover, from Plymouth to Peabody, from Maine to the middle of Connecticut or (laughs) any other geographical locations. Pats Nation, everybody is starting with a clean slate. Clean slate season is here, Andy, and so is the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by your friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports you got Fitzy, you got Jumbo, and we got a clean slate. That's right. It was the first day of media availability for the 2023 season. Head coaches, actually, no head coach. Uh, we had an offensive coordinator, we had defensive assistants, we had special teams coordinators show up. We had we had all kinds of coaches showing up today. Coaches and coordinators, oh my, plus directors of pro player personnel and beyond. It was basically the first day anybody who coaches or coordinates anything for the Patriots, minus HC of the NEP, Bill Belichick, from their fancy new little media room down there at Gillette Stadium, Andy. Uh, Yesterday was the first day that players returned to work for the spring practices. So spring has done sprung in Foxborough. The players are back to work. The coaches have been working. They talked to you today. You were down there, Andy. Give it to us straight. No filter. What'd you hear? What'd you think? Who stuck out? Who did the right things on clean slate day?
0: So clean slate day. And uh, I'll quote Matt grow first because he said it right. We got to win more games. Yep. You're damn right. You do. You're <laughs> a losing football team. Big uh, fan. So Big I give fan. him a credit for his uh, factual uh, nature and tone. Um, no, my biggest takeaway, and I'll be writing about this on wei.com. It definitely seemed like you, especially with Gerard Mayo talking first, and mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien talking after him and then Matt Groh, which, by the way, so just to paint the picture for people, they were Bill O'Brien and Gerard Mayo were on the riser in front of the big backdrop with
1: the, the virtual show. screen yeah. with. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But they don't get a podium. They don't get a press oh. conference. They're standing Ooh. there. The okay. reporters all have to huddle around them, but they don't get an actual press conference at the lectern, I guess you call it, with mm-hmm. the microphone. Then Matt Groh, OK, Matt Gro is going to a couple of people come and they put the lectern up there with it. He gets the official sort of press conference. Reporters have to go back further and sit at tables like a more more formal press conference setting.
1: What so, is that? What is that all about? Where some of it is very formal and press conferency, if you will. And the rest of it is almost sort of like a like a breakout session or like well, a coffee I talk.
0: I, I think it's sort of um not all that different than tom brady when he used to want to do his at his locker because he's just one of 53 I'm, I'm not doing a press conference i'm just mm-hmm. one of the guys in the locker room crap um and matt grow is actually the director of player personnel so he mm-hmm. like is worthy of the nick casario press conference setting whereas these other guys we're not going to make more of it than it is and obviously there was lots of title talk titles not championships, tight holds, yeah, as in we're a
1: ways hole. off from there. It's where we yeah. want to get back to, but that's yes. he, hence all the change this offseason.
0: you got to win more games first, as, as Matt Groves yeah. said before. The they
1: are an eight, he did admit to the fact that they're an 8-9 and nine football team. Yep. I, I, Andy, what is up with also everybody else there that coordinates, calls, plays, uh, directs player personnel and beyond? How come everyone else there seems to be not just dabbling in, but embracing the reality of this team and their trappings and misgivings last season, except for... One person who was uh, notably absent today.
0: Oh, you mean Bill Belichick? Yes, the last twenty-five years, Mm. that guy, Mm Mister Last Twenty-Five Years. Mm -hmm. Um, No, my biggest takeaway was, and noticeably absent by design, by coincidence. It's not the first time. Now, this is the first time we've had this setup where it was the assistant coaches and then Grow. Usually, it's just Nick Casario or Matt Grow or one of these. Even Bill did it in the past, a pre-draft press conference. Assistant coaches, nine days,
1: nine days. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, assistant coaches was a uh, a new addition to this day. Um, so there's a unique aspect to that. Now, obviously, it was a unique offseason where Gerard Mayo, we're going to negotiate an extension with him. We're going to interview offensive coordinators. Gerard Mayo actually takes part in said interviews with offensive coordinators and the new offensive line coach, Adrian Clem, and everybody. Um, but my biggest takeaway with Bill not being there was... It almost feels like, and this is strong, so people don't need to drive off the road, jump off a bridge, or, you know, pull the exit hatch on a plane. Whoa,
1: wait, hold a bite. That sounds like they want to just end things. My goodness gracious. This could be I potentially exciting for some people.
0: I think Bill is semi-retired. I think he now has a class of middle management that he is leaning on very heavily in Gerard Mayo, Bill O'Brien, and Matt Gro. You have the head of your defense, not the play caller, but the head of your defense in Gerard Mayo. who still doesn't have a a title and still doesn't have business cards. You have the head of your offense, who does have a title, offensive coordinator, because we got the release telling us they were going to interview for that said job, offensive coordinator. And then Matt Groh, your director of player personnel, who his really stood out to me. He talked for whatever it was, almost 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And there was nary a mention of Bill Belichick. And and when he did, it was sort of um, brought about by questioning from reporters at the end. He seemed very... I want to say autonomous in like, yeah, we're doing our research. Elliot Wolf and I are coming, bringing everything together. We're looking mm-hmm. at, we're looking at that. And then when he was specifically asked about the collaboration on, on draft night and in the war room, he said, Bill does a great job of asking questions. So that mm. tells like the information and it is coming through grow and Wolf. And then obviously everybody else down through area scouts and, and all that. Um, but even like that was my takeaway. It almost feels like, and I'll be interested to see how we observe this moving forward in OTAs and mini camp, and then training camp. You know, I always joke about the old days of well, I won't say I won't say Joe Paterno because that brings other issues into the uh, the equation. Yeah, yeah. Let's go Bobby Bowden on the okay. golf part. Driving yep. around practices at, at Florida State where Jimbo Holtz, F- sure, right? Jimbo Fisher's running the program, essentially, yeah. and. I'll be interested to see what Bill's role is and sort of how day to day it works. But I think he now has key men in key positions of power, running an offense, running a defense and running a personnel department who he is very comfortable leaning on at the age of 71 to get the day to day. You know what it's not unlike? It's not unlike the ownership where Jonathan Kraft runs the Patriots day to day. Robert Kraft is still the grand poobah, right? Like he's still the head honcho. We hear
1: from him first; he has final say. It's his laser-printed name that appears on the checks.
0: But he's also spending a lot of time at the Grammys, at on the beach with Tom Brady on twenty-eight-three day, like all right, like he's all over the place. So we know he's not running things day to day. Jonathan is and has been for quite some time. I think you now have a triumvirate. I like Mm, that word. I love triumvirate. That is running the Patriots to some degree. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too much. Oh, no. In, no Andy, before you even
1: said that in our pre-POD meeting, which was at least several minutes where we planned out today's broadcast. Yes. Uh, I noted and and I still feel this way, my biggest takeaway was the comfort and confidence with which Gerard Mayo, who total baller move by the way, showing up in like shorts a workout top and a towel around his neck. Like he was fresh from the executive spa or just got in a lift before he came in. He wants everyone to know that he can still stay in player shape the same way Troy Brown got yoked up. And you know what? I like seeing my positional coaches and my coordinators either be people that just worked out at the gym, like Gerard Mayer or Troy Brown, or look like they yelled at me at the gym and that would be Bill O'Brien, who just looks like every gym coach that ever struck fear in my heart growing up on the South Shore of Boston. I, I honestly, from I, I've had confidence in Matt Grove for years. He's a unique, if not quirky character, but he seems to be wicked smart. He's super sharp when it comes to pro player knowledge and the scouts, the scouting, the draft. Uh, he knows these guys inside and out. Bill O'Brien is the centerpiece right now. Like you've written about this for WEI.com. We've talked about it here and on the air and beyond. This guy, I feel like this guy's the head. He's like the head coach now. And then Gerard Mayo is carrying with him the kind of confidence and comfort and swag that someone who knows he's wanted there, he's needed there, and is going to be around for a while to come. He said, this is where I want to be. It would take a lot for me to leave. My family's here. Uh, I don't necessarily have a new title yet. You mentioned before he said he didn't have business cards, but they let him do a lot of different things this offseason, he said, including being in on the meetings. He wants to be in the war room. I feel like they need him in the draft room next week, especially if he's learning more how how the donuts get made, the way the sausage gets made, if he's going to take over as the head coach one day. Uh, You're right. I don't think you're wrong at all. I feel like right now Bill Belichick has finally – Thankfully, geez, Bill, did it take an eight and nine season where the offense went into complete tatters last season and the organization seemed like a mockery of itself to finally divest himself of all of these responsibilities and trust some slightly younger yet experienced and sharp minds with all these day to day operations? I think this is a of massive benefit to the Patriots this season going forward, assuming they can do the job.
0: Yes. And we know Bill O'Brien can do the job on some level. Gerard Mayo The jobs he has done, we believe he's done in a good level. And the last couple of years, with Matt Groh invested in the draft process more heavily, certainly last year, I think people are hopeful of what he's been able to accomplish, even if he is, you know, we should probably on uh, draft night when we're on with Rich Keefe from six to midnight on the uh, mothership, as they like to say, we should probably get a definition from Rich Keefe as to whether Matt Groh is a dork, a geek, or a nerd, because I'm pretty sure he qualifies as at least one of them.
1: I would say I I would say nerd. Yeah. He get like he's he's dorky about football yep. and just and kind of geeky in his co- composition but he's overall kind of a nerd. And but that's okay because in the new age of advanced statisticals and analytics, I kind of want somebody like that who knows way more about uh, the these guys their are testing their all the metrics that matter in the contemporary of NFL. You know what else I loved? When he was asked about whether or not the Patriots could move up or if they knew what they would need to move up. He said, based on previous draft slots, they have a pretty good idea of what they'll need to do if they want to do it. So that means that's not off the table. And when asked if they were going to place a similar emphasis on speed like they did last year when they selected Taequann Thornton in the second round trading up for someone none of us had on our second round board, let alone the wide receiver board, he said, quote, you can never have enough speed. I like that.
0: I like that. I wish my speed would come with more talent potentially sometimes, but uh, I think that's a combination Fair you're speaking. Fair um, so I, I do believe they need more talent on the roster and he acknowledged he's not resting on his laurels because he was asked a very good question by Greg Bedard of the Boston sports journal about, well, you guys didn't really do a lot so far this off season. And you kind of just swapped out a receiver for a receiver, a tight end for a tight end. It's almost as if you were saying that the roster, the talent is good enough and, uh, he pushed back a little bit on that and said, you know, we we need to get better. We we are what our record says we are, and we're not just – and and if they can find a better Matt Groh, they're going to find a better Matt Groh. And you're 100% right. They would do that, uh, Matt. They would replace you in a heartbeat if they could. I mean, hell, there were rumors that Nick Casario was coming back after the draft, which, by the way, Nick Casario put to bed, put to rest in his pre-draft Good. press conference. Good. Um, so the 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 place I started and I found most interesting was Gerard Mayo. And he acknowledged not only that this is where he wanted to be, that it would take a lot for him to leave. He acknowledged he'll be here for the next few years. He kind of extended the timetable. This is not a year to year thing. Few years, which I think can only play in line with head coach and waiting theories, because Bill mm-hmm. probably has a few years left—a couple or a few, however you want to parse the words—as he chases the record at at 71 years old. By the way, happy birthday, Bill, uh, over the weekend. I hope yes, you had a I, I... nice day.
1: I, I love the fact that people parsed out on various media outlets and in other podcasts, like, did Mac Jones wish Coach Bill Belichick a happy birthday because he did so last year and needed to this year so as to prove there's no rift? Is he afraid of Bill? Like, I cannot. I mean, I can't even. I just don't. Googly eyes? Whatever. Uh-oh, watch out. Which emoji did he accompany it with? Was it the birthday cake, the googly eyes, and LOL? Tune in next. Middle fingers. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> um, so uh. Bill O'Brien, um, actually, he seemed mild. He, he was sweating a little bit, which I found interesting. I don't know if he had come from the gym or if he was feeling the heat of the questions because he was He not looks like a sweater.
1: He looks like a sweater to me. Oh,
0: yeah. You, well, you can't be a teapot and not be a sweater, right? If you're ready exactly. to explode at any minute, there's like, mm-hmm. there's heat in there. There's intense heat ready to just burst free. Um, but he... As you alluded to, he just kept going back to starting fresh, clean slate, moving forward. We just got the guys on the field yesterday. We've been in the room next door here for a couple months, kind of as a staff coming together. Uh, he had very good things to say about Adrian Clem and his energy and the working relationship that he's going to have to have with him. Obviously, that's a key connection between your offensive coordinator and your offensive line coach. Oh, I love no better example that. than Dante yep. Scarnecchia going into the hall this year as a contributor and the success they had with him. Um, so I didn't bounce around at all. I stayed with the big three hired guns, um, and most reporters did. Most reporters, you you could almost – DeMarcus Covington I watched come in, and poor guy was by himself off to the side for an extended period of time with all the reporters uh, talking to Gerard Mayo. But I thought overall it was – a this felt like a get-it-out-of-the-way day to me. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get this out of the way. There's a new staff. You know, Gerard, you can have your moment to talk. Bill, you can have – I did note, by the way, mm-hmm. I do think um, family and location mattered this offseason. I think in part, Gerard Mayo wanted to stay be- because he was comfortable. You know, he wants yep. growth and he wants mm-hmm. to be a head coach and all those things. And I actually asked him about the fact that Robert Kraft said he's going to be a head coach. There's no ceiling on how good he can be as a head coach. And we want that to be here. And I asked Gerard, did Robert express that to you personally? And he said, uh, you tried to get me or something. <laughs> um, but both said family, like Billy O'Brien talked about, I'm from Massachusetts. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to be here family. My wife went to BC family. Like, and I've told you, I've heard rumblings in recent years that he wanted to live here. He wanted to be here. There was some consideration maybe once upon a time of the BC job being appealing to him. Um, so I think location mattered in your top two lieutenants. I think They wanted to be where their family is, Massachusetts, New England. And I think the Patriots are, and Bill Belichick in semi-retirement, if we're calling it, um, I think the Patriots are benefiting from that.
1: Well, we had also heard that it mattered to Josh McDaniels years ago when he decided not to pursue the Colts job. We heard as much from Brian Hoyer. Now he's the backup quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. So in in a lot of ways, it also has a lot to do, Andy, with the functionality of the Patriots and or their internal operations, which to me, another one of the big takeaways, I watched all of these various pressers and the video clips that circulated thanks to the many beat reporters there today as well as what I read on patriots.com with a sigh of relief a breath of fresh air this whole clean that's the big takeaway that's the big line it's clean slate day it's clean slate season for one and all and and for players like for the fans up in the 300s the cheap seats the Putnam Club and beyond they should be excited like everyone's going to get a chance to prove themselves talent will win over everything else there's nothing on reputation there's nothing on what you've done before. It's what can you do for us now? What can, What have you done lately? Which is great. It's going to be earned, not deserved. Terrific. I think one of the big things that people will make a lot out of, they'll probably make mountains when it's really molehills, is the, oh, well, if, if it's a clean slate season and everything is earned, not deserved, that means that Bailey Zappi has just as much chance to win the starting quarterback job as Mac Jones does. To which I would say, now this is more about like what happened last year between you and Patricia, the multiple f bombs, calling other teams, Al- Alabama, Josh McDaniels, asking for help with the offense. That's in the past. I still think it's Mac Jones's job to lose more than it is Bailey Zappies to win per se. Uh, and I and I don't think that Bill O'Brien came here thinking like I have no idea who my quarterback is. Like I buy into what Mike Reese put into his news and notes on Sunday saying. Bill O'Brien came here because he was intrigued by the idea of working with Mac Jones, who he does have a bit of a relationship with. So while it is clean slate season at the same time for guys like Kendrick Bourne, whatever happened last year, forget it. You have a chance to go back to where you were in 2021. Hell, if you're in as good a shape as you look to be, I know you love all that footworking Instagram nonsense. Mm. Mm. Maybe just maybe he'll be able to get back to where he was and go past that under Bill O'Brien.
0: Yeah, I thought the the interesting thing with the clean slate was it was definitely the um the the theme for Billy O'Brien, a little less so by Mayo and the defensive guys. Like, for example, I thought it was interesting. Mayo said, Steve Belichick's been calling plays since 2019. Defense has been pretty good around here. Why would we change it? Kind of thing. Right. Like, and and I believe in that. And it's it's the same thing at the quarterback. Just because you say clean slate and we're starting fresh and we're moving forward, any of those phrases. There's still a hierarchy. There's still going to be a depth chart when they do their first Mm -hmm. drills at whatever they come together in May on OTAs. There's going to be starters that go out there, right? Like Trent Mm -hmm. Brown, you jog out to left. Like it'd be chaos if they just go starters out there and everybody runs out on the like first one to get to quarterback gets to take the first rep. No, that's not the way it works. There's going to be, you know, the old two deep, the old two deep on the college board that the coach hangs up. There's going to be a two deep in everything they do. And Mac Jones is on top of the two deep.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's not going to just be an absolute free-for-all at cornerback or <laughs> like who's going to be the next a safety. Like, no, <laughs> like, no, no, no. You'll have your starters, David Andrews, Trent Brown. These guys don't have to worry initially about their starting roles or their positions on the team. But again, they will have to earn it over time. And, you know, that's why we, we have months to come. Like, look, it's the middle of April, people. The draft is nine days away. Players just started lifting weights in the facility. Practices that matter won't even start for weeks and they're borderline optional at that point. And we're months away from the football games that really matter come September 2023. It just seemed like you said it was perfunctory. I think it's a perfunctory yet positive tone that was set today by the coaches, the assistants. And that's what we need. Like no more talking about 2022 here. We'll draw this line in the sand. We will use this hand to push everything off the table It is 2023 and beyond going forward today. And that's great for the players. That's great for the fans, media and everyone.
0: But we didn't really need it in a sense because the second Gerard Mayo stayed, everyone was happy. The second Bill O'Brien was hired. We talked about the words we've used, right? You're going to be a competent offense. You're going to be capable. You have an expert in the room. You have an adult in the room, whatever it is. Robert Kraft tells us he was number one on my list. Like, Everyone just seeing almost the, the the bullet point, the agate in the newspaper. Patriots hire Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. Okay. Ah, okay. We're going to be okay here. Breath yeah. of fresh air. Um, but it is good to visualize it, to talk about it. And then I think just to move forward. I think it's good to get these out of the way, to ask Gerard Mayo, hey, do you have a title? He goes, no. But I'm happy okay, we're done. We can move on. Go coach some linebackers, right? You and Steve go drop some new uh, plays, pass rush opportunities for Judon and Uche, whatever that may be. Um, to, it, it's just a part of the process. It's part of the step-like process. Just like Billy O is fixating on, they just got with the players a day earlier. They're finally mm-hmm. back in the building. We're going to start that. Like, Could you skip OTAs? Yeah, we know. Tom Brady did it. You can skip them. Aaron Rodgers does it. Can You can skip them and still play football in the NFL, but I think this was part of the step-like process that a team that has something to prove, people that have something to prove, you kind of want to check all the boxes off. You don't want to skip one. If you're the Super Bowl champs and Pat Mahomes wants to skip some stuff, guess what? He's Pat Mahomes. He can skip some stuff and they'll still probably be in the AFC championship game next January. But when you have something to prove, I feel like you're better off just following the path for every step of the path. And I think this was a good first step on the path towards respectability
1: it's a good way to go about business procedurally and some order to be divined from the chaos of last season is exactly what this team could use and there are a couple of other things this team could use andy that would be starting cornerbacks maybe another tackle uh like we said some speed a wide receiver one who knows did you get i'll ask you this as a final question before we wrap things up on this edition of six rings and football things don't forget brian baldinger the great Baldy's Breakdowns will be joining us on Thursday's edition of Six Rings and Football Things. So if you have any questions about any player coming up in the draft or who he's broken down and sees as a perfect fit for the Patriots, get him into us at Six Rings Pod at FitzyGFY at JumboHeart. I'll ask you this, Andy. Did you get a sense from Bill O'Brien, from Gerard Mayo, from Matt Groh, any which way, an inkling, just a grain, a little hint, a tidbit as to which way they may be heading or leaning towards with their first pick next week in the draft.
0: I don't know if I got an inkling as to where they're leaning, but I got an inkling to their thinking. And I think Matt grow thinks like I do. And these dreams of getting Christian Gonzalez at 14 or even Witherspoon at 14 are just that dreams. He had a, he, he was talking a little bit about sauce Gardner and he said, there's some corners in this draft that are probably expecting to go kind of where he did and think they can, well, he went fourth overall. So yeah there's a big jump from fourth overall to 14th overall for a guy like Christian Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. I think he believes like I do that it's more likely those top two corners are gone in the single digit picks. Um, Mm -hmm. And that will affect the draft board. It could affect it in a positive way for them. It could push somebody down that they really like Um, whether it's an offensive lineman, a tackle Broderick Jones, um, whoever it may be a wide receiver. He was asked specifically about Zay flowers and whether he is a slot receiver or a wide receiver, Um, he talked about him as a playmaker speed guy can get deep on the outside of the field. He doesn't think he should be pigeonholed as just a slot receiver. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'll be honest. I don't think they are even at, at that point yet. I'm not sure they have their board finalized, so to speak. I'm not sure that they have the, you know, 14 guys. And if it falls like this, this is the guy we're taking at 14 um, kind of set up, but I do think he expects those corners at the very least to go higher, maybe than people. Some people are projecting.
1: Don't forget, Sauce Gardner did go fourth overall last year, and in 2021, J.C. Horn went eighth out of South Carolina, the Carolina Panthers. Patrick Sertain, the second, who some would say is the second best cornerback in the NFL right now, went ninth overall. Christian Gonzalez will be a
0: single-digit pick. Damn. It'll All stun right. me if he isn't. It'll. I don't get stunned by a lot of things that will stun me if he's available in double-digit picks.
1: And then you wonder if Matt Grows thinking that some of those corners are that good and could go in the single digits, and he knows what it would take to go up and get him. Would he and Belichick and company have the stones to mortgage a little future to go up and get one of those guys to have a true over-six-foot-tall potential lockdown corner on the outside?
0: My guess is no, but yeah. I'm not totally sure on that. Um it's going to be interesting. He did push back. You know, somebody was like, this is the highest pick you've had since Mayo. And he said, well, we had 15 a couple of years ago. I was around for that. You know, It's not that different. It's only one mm-hmm. pick higher. Um, and he did talk about, um, you know, sort of the way he's learning on the job here. Like the last couple of years, he now has experiences and he's um, doesn't have all the answers. We'll never have all the answers kind of guy. But, you know, you he has to be more comfortable. I would call he, he seemed more comfortable as yep. much as I say he's a little nerdy or geeky or dorky or whatever, he definitely seemed a little bit more comfortable um, as the man in front of the room answering questions about the Patriots draft
1: from Matt grow to Bill O'Brien Gerard may own beyond comfort at ease, a sense of calm. And like you said, order seems to have been brought about the coaching and coordinating ranks, which is a good thing with the draft just nine days away. And one of the more, I'll borrow one of your favorite words, intriguing Patriots Mm -hmm. seasons, at hand. Don't forget if you got questions for Brian Baldinger, Baldy's breakdowns, as well as your old pals Fitzy and Hart and company for the mailbag. We will answer those in just a couple days on the next edition of Six Rings and Football Things. To read more about Andy's thoughts from today's media avails, you can go to WeEi.com and check out his Wednesday morning column. For Jumbo, for producer Justin Turpin, for everyone in the extended Patriots, WEI, and Odyssey family, this is your old pal Nick Fitzy-Stevens saying thanks for listening to the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things. Talk to you soon. Good day. God bless. Clean slate. Go Pats.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.